1047 WZZK. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Dan Marillo, who is a pediatric psychologist with Children's of Birmingham. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, talking about this. Um, we're all in it. We're all in territory we've never been in before. We're we're in this self isolation thing, and and you know the, this pandemic has caused a lot of people worry, and you know children too. So, what are some of the things that you're seeing, like the effects on adults and children with uh, with sleep? You know, either wanting to sleep too much or not enough. You know, uh, sometimes people maybe are, are really concerned and worried so that, you know, their mind kind of has a hard time shutting down when they go to bed at night. Um, and again, that's a, that's a natural reaction. Uh, you know, uh, losing your appetite is very common, very common reaction to uh, an event like this. But uh, I think a lot of people are also stress eating. Yeah, I know? have some friends uh, that are doing that, too. Yeah, you know, uh, so, you know, particularly if you're home, you know, you just kind of keep going back to the refrigerator and looking for what's around. Um, maybe having a hard time uh, concentrating, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, maybe they're trying to read or, or work from home, and they're just having a hard time just keeping themselves focused when that wasn't a problem before. Right. Um, yeah. And people may be, uh, uh, you know, uh, having a hard time just even connecting with other people. Um, you know, uh, obviously we're all social distancing, but, you know, sometimes when we get distressed, we kind of close ourselves off even more. And so we kind of... Um, have a harder time connecting with those people that are in our lives, mm-hmm. either in our actually at home where we can, you know, our family or friends we can talk to, or or even just reaching out through social media, you know, phone, that kind of thing. So those are all very natural and normal reactions. But in, for most people, those symptoms kind of wax and wane, and they, they get better with time. Um, for a very small percentage of people, you know, they may actually have something that, that kind of slips into more of a of a clinical diagnosis of anxiety or depression or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And um but again, most people are very resilient, you know, including kids. Uh, and and kids are will experience exactly the same kind of symptoms I just described. That's not, that's not just adults. Kids can experience the same kind of thing. They just and, have a uh, different way of expressing it because sometimes they don't know how to express it because they haven't you know, they've not been through that, you know, stage of their life where they're able to get it out in normal ways. How would you suggest parents uh, help them, with, you know, if, well, if they're having a hard time talking about it? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And you really kind of hit the head, uh, the nail on the head when, with your comment just then. You know, a lot of times kids don't really have a way of, of uh, expressing their feelings or really tapping into their feelings. Mm-hmm. And some of this has to do with age. You've got to know what age level your child is and what level of development they are. So like little kids, uh, you know, infants and toddlers, obviously they can't talk to you about anything. Mm-hmm. They don't know really what's going on, but they kind of reflect the, the, the stress of people around them, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of soak, they kind of soak, they're like little sponges, they kind of soak up that anxiety, you know. Mm-hmm. Toddlers, you know, they know they know more about what's going on. Again, they don't really understand what's happening, uh, but they hear things and they don't really have a context to, to understand that. And then you kind of move into school-age kids and older school-age kids and, and teenagers where they have much more of an awareness of the world and knowledge of the world. But again, they don't, like you said, they don't really have a way of, one, expressing their distress or even or really even being able to put what's happening in some sort of a context that helps them kind of deal. So, you know, how do how we help them? Um, again, it depends on the age. First of all, recognize that they may not be able to tell you that they're angry or scared or or anxious. You know, you may, you know, you probably did this with your own kids. We, or that you see they're struggling and you go, well, what's wrong? And they go like, I don't know. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's frustrating, but it's true. They really don't know. They just know they feel bad. You know, so sometimes by being a parent or a caregiver, you just simply name it for them. You know, if you see your child struggling, you might just, you know, make a good guess and say, like, you know, I I bet you're just really worried. You know, we, you know, maybe they heard something on on TV uh, Mm -hmm. or the radio a moment ago. And you say, you know, I, I bet you heard that. I bet you're really scared about what's going on. And you don't have to be right, but simply by naming the emotion, it kind of opens up that conversation. And you may get a, yeah, and that's it, but you still were able to kind of open that up a little bit and and tap into that. You know, one thing the parents can do, since kids oftentimes don't have a good language, particularly younger kids, is get them to draw you a picture. Yeah. You know, it's a very natural activity for for children, even teenagers. you know, just draw me a picture, and then you can just ask them about the picture. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes the focus off of them. And again, you can just make uh, guesses like, "Wow, that that's a really sad picture." Wow, that's really an angry picture. You know, and that kind of thing. And then again, it's a way of kind of drawing them out and giving them a language to use. And then you can use those those mediums, you know, to to kind of well, what's going to make that better? You know, do a little problem solving with them and all. But the main thing for for kids. For parents uh, in dealing with their kids is, you know, one, deal with your own emotions. Not that you got to hide your emotions, but, you know, deal and cope mm-hmm. and show your child how to, how to manage this. You know, teach them how to, how to be resilient. Teach them how to cope. So let me ask you, what are some ways that we can help not only ourselves but our children? I mean, talking about things is great. Um, I know people are like, we're, we're so into social media so much. I know for me, I turn off like social media about 90% on the weekends. And I've been doing that for a long time, but especially now. Um, other suggestions, you know, that maybe people can do? Well, first of all, uh, you know, that's a great idea. Uh, we can be inundated with too much information for one. So yeah, setting aside or putting aside uh, media in whatever form is good for adults. It's also good for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in, you know, so one strategy is, to, you know, mealtimes that we're not going to do media. Or, or just, you know, before an hour before bedtime, no media, that kind of thing. Just kind of really not cutting yourself off because you need to know what's going on in the world and all that, but really kind of monitoring that. And with our kids, that's really important. Uh, kids should have limits on media use anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's even more critical right now. Uh, other things to do is routine. Routine is your friend. Mm-hmm. Now, our, all of our routines have been shredded at this point, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I've worked. You know, I'm, I'm off two days a week instead of working a full week right now. And it's those two days I'm home, I hate it, you know. <laughs> I thought I was getting close to retirement, but it's like, no, I'm not ready for retirement. I'm <laughs> it gave you a whole new perspective. A totally new, new perspective. So, you know, uh, so really trying to maintain some routines. So with kids, you know, they're out of school right now. They're supposed to be homeschooling or, or doing mm-hmm. their schooling from home. You know, set aside some, some time. This is your school time. That's something they can count on. Make it a regular part of the routine, you know, mm-hmm. maintaining family rituals, you know, meal times and that kind of thing. That's really important. Same way with working from home, you know. Uh, obviously, I could be working a full day for most people from home, but you can certainly, certainly set aside time. That's my time to work. Again, it, it kind of helps you provide that kind of structure. I, I tell you, some other things to do besides routine is uh, exercise. Yeah, I've started now, doing work- that too. Now, I'm a couch potato. My wife is the exercise person. I mean, she, and that's part of her coping. I can tell when she's not exercising because, you know, uh, so for me, uh, but even for myself, that's a, you know, the world's greatest couch potato, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, exercise. So I take walks. 
you know, that's, that's always been my exercise. Um, so, uh, and that, that's good for me. It gets me outside and, and, you know, it helps me clear my head and all that. So some regular exercise, you know, and again, a lot of people, there's a lot of people who love exercise and they just do it naturally. And there's people like me who, yeah, never a big gym kind of a person, you know, just find something and you don't have to do it for an hour. You know, a 10 minute walk can do wonders yeah. for a lot of folks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just getting outside if you can, you know, not everybody has, has the ability to, to uh, you know, have a nice patio or a backyard and all that. But if you can get outside a little bit, yeah. you know, get some fresh air and all, you know, so those are some of the basics right there, but really uh, it, it keeping yourself open, you know, all the social distancing uh, doesn't mean cutting yourself off socially. And this is where social media can be a big benefit if you're using it wisely, you know, and keeping, keeping in contact with family, with friends, coworkers, you know, you just being able to, to have that kind of a contact every day is, is really important. Mine as well. Uh, some of the things to really keep in mind because we're home so much right now. And because we are under stress, you really want to watch your diet. You really want to watch alcohol use, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to, to do that stress eating, to have that extra, extra drink, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, my mantra has always been everything in moderation, including moderation. Right. You know, so really be mindful of that. And so with our kids, you know, one of the one of the dangers for our kids right now, because they're cooped up more and, you know, not going to school and all the rest, uh, you know, childhood, you know, gaining weight and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so just some, some things to keep in uh, in mind, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, we're, we're home. So, you know, watch the snacking, you know, a little bit's OK, but, you know, too much is never good. Right. Well, thank you, Dr. Dan Marillo, who is with Children's Hospital of Birmingham. Thank you so much for giving us some ideas of how to, uh, you know, work through the stresses of being, you know, uh, self-isolated through the COVID-19 virus. Thank you so much, and God bless. I hope you stay safe, too. It was a pleasure talking with you, Dana. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye now.